I don't remember how we did intros. Well, it was usually uh, bullshit at the beginning. It was a lot of bullshit at the beginning, yeah. And it was welcome to episode whatever of Ice Cream Sunday. Yeah, welcome to episode five uh, of Ice Cream Austin, Sunday. This is Trevor. This oh, that's is right. That's right. All right. All right. We'll record Zach's first. Okay. <laughs> I'm on the spot. I'm scared. Uh, this is the worst. Um, do we need an intro? Do you want to do an intro? I Yo, mean, my name is Zach. Before, we I like the yeah. intro. You like the yeah, intro? Yeah, yeah. It's bullshit. I'm already recording, so we could just use all of this right now. Yeah. Yeah. What an intro. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a way to go. So <laughs> professional. <laughs> all right. Let's turn this down. All right. Welcome to Ice Cream Sunday. This episode is episode five. five of the podcast. My name is Austin Buckner. David Richardson. Trevor Holder. Yo, yo, guest, Zach McIntosh. <laughs> <laughs> so Zach is a, a bit of a traveler, a bit of a world traveler. Um, kind of tell us uh, everywhere you've, you've been so far. I count Canada, Mexico, because like people in the States don't like to, but I've been enough places in them. I would We're going to count them. Oh, yeah. And then, let's see, Vietnam, Thailand, Japan, uh, Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, Czech Republic, uh, Germany, Austria, uh, uh, probably one or two more. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you told me like 11 last night. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry, like, little I got 10 on my fingers, so I'm missing one. <laughs> so we talk a little all about your time in, in Southeast Asia. We talk a little bit about fucking up your visa, which kept you from New Zealand. We talk a lot about uh, the Appalachian Trail, growing up in California. Um a little yeah. bit about your opinions of tourist sites. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do love the tourists, man. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a good one. This one gets uh, this one gets pretty silly. So uh, anything that uh, we didn't touch on that you want to tell the folks in the intro? Uh, Let yeah. them know a little bit about you before they dive deep for an hour. Nothing too crazy. Uh, I know I sound like I surf or skate or snowboard. I don't do any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so glad to, glad to get that out of the air. <laughs> I hate Moby Dick. Why? I've never tried to read it. Because I tried to read it and it was really difficult. <laughs> it's it's was written six. in the 1800s. Oh. No, this was like six months ago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like old English or? It's, yeah, it's like, it's kind of old Englishy and just like, there's just so much nonsense going on when you're actually like reading it. So mm. it's just like, it's a very difficult read. You got to like fucking love reading to read Moby Dick. So did you read. That's a good question. Do you read a lot when you're out on your adventures? No, I'm not a big reader. Oh, okay. Hey, surprise. <laughs> that's, that's why Moby Dick is hard for you. Yeah, my vocabulary is very small. <laughs> it's because I don't do a whole lot of reading. So, so I think like cover to cover, I've probably read like six books, seven books, but I'm working on it. It's <laughs> over the course of your life? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he lied on that Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I, th- th- it was all multiple choice, and I just, I'm just i a good multiple choice test taker. <laughs> if I throw a season there somewhere, like I got to get a couple, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you grow up moving around a lot? No, no. I was 
born and raised basically in the same spot. I was born in some beach town. I don't remember where. And I lived in Laguna Niguel until I was a whopping two years old. Mm. And then I moved to Tem- Temecula, and that's where I was until I came here at, when I was 19. So both, I think a lot of... in California? Yeah, yeah, both in California, yeah. I think a lot of people make like a, a, a conscious decision. Like, I have to go to college, and then I'm going to settle down, and then I'm going to uh, get married, and then I'm going to have kids. And so was it a conscious decision that you're like, I want to be a fucking nomad, and I'm going to travel around a lot? Or no, was there happened- something that like sparked that? kind of mindset uh that happened kind of later because like um i my family's kind of big on traveling and they always have been for the time that i've been growing up like we've done like little cruises here and there or like little road trips up to like utah and flown out to some other places too and uh so the traveling thing was always kind of there and especially my mom should go overseas a lot to go like china italy other european places and stuff so the travel bug has always kind of been there but uh that didn't hit till i was 22 for me because uh i was here in iowa and uh i was just kind of like in a relationship with a girl and uh, during that time we kind of like how it always starts yeah well i was uh you know getting thinking about getting married with her and like chilling here and doing stuff and then i got like super scared i'm like there's a whole big world to see and like (laughs) there's a lot to do and i'm 22 and she's got a like two-year-old and like this is kind of yeah i'm like very young and i'm very scared so so there was sort of a conscious decision like i don't want to get anchored to one geographical location like i want to experience the world yeah you know especially uh, with like my youth and no tied down to anything i was just like there's a lot to see there is a lot to do so uh i just like need to take advantage of that you know that's something like you know the more i heard it too everyone always says you know do while you're young but once i started doing the stuff and started hearing it more then i was like i really got to keep doing it you know keep going keep seeing what did uh, what did your mom go overseas for? Just uh, just traveling. Like uh, my mom or my grandma was a travel agent, so she could always like book things hella cheap. Gotcha. So yeah, so they were always just like going and seeing. My dad just worked and worked, so he didn't really ever go on that stuff. So he just sent her off probably to get her out of the house for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so you're you're you grew up in California. What? brings you to iowa is it family here or uh people that are now my family gotcha but, yeah but uh i have people that started off as family friends uh to make a long story short my uncle was in the military and he was stationed with a guy up in minnesota up in duluth and they got to be really good buddies and so they've been friends forever and then uh, one time i moved my uncle out from north carolina all the way back out to california and we stopped here in iowa once so uh i met him he was cool and he kind of he knew my cousin already and he, I, that was the first time i met him but he was like uh at, when i was sitting around in california me and my cousin were living together at my mom's place at 19 and there's just not a lot of work to be had out there man it's really hard especially when you got no work experience and you don't know people it's like it's really a lot of effort to just get a minimum wage job so uh, he just kind of knew the situation was like, yo dude, you guys want to come out? Like I'll post you up. You can get, get on your feet and you can get some work shit ton out here. So I was like, fuck yeah, dude, I've been there once. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go to Iowa. Fuck it. <laughs> sure. Let's give it a go. Place. Yeah. <laughs> so you had mentioned like 22, you're with a girl or she's got a kid. Is that kind of when you started traveling was around 22? Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. Um, I, we split, we went our separate ways. I moved back out to California for a little bit in with my mom, just to kind of like get a job, get on my feet. And then, uh, 
I had always been kind of curious about like this uh, summer kind of job work, you know, you know, you go places and you do things and there's always like somebody working those tours and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So like I was always kind of curious about like, well, fuck, if someone's doing it, then I would like to do it. And, you know, the thought being is like if I want to travel, the easiest way to travel would be like to go work at these places because then like I'm getting paid to go to the places that people are paying to go to, you know. So So doing something like that, like uh, essentially traveling sporadically uh when you picked up jobs to get cash would it be like would you get paid in cash or was it like under the table stuff oh no did you get like legit like resume application uh, all that yeah so it was legit stuff uh i had to post a resume i had an interview um so i've really only done this up in the alaska up in skagway with the tour guide job i've been doing up there so um so yeah, it's the same thing for filing for any kind of job. You got to go through the whole normal process of doing it. Just uh, what kind of gets people is finding that job. You know, a lot of the sure. questions I get is like, well, "How did you find a job in Alaska? Like doing a tour guiding job? Like what the hell? Like did you like go to some of qualifications? Did you go to school?" I'm like, "Hell no, dude. Fuck that. I just <laughs> hopped on Google. <laughs> I was like, dude, I want to work in Alaska. Summer jobs in Alaska. And it t- took me to a website called Coolworks, and there's like a shit ton of listings for all kinds of really cool stuff. So I hopped on that, just uh, filed or filled out a bunch of jobs, and then ended up landing with the one and stuck with it for the couple years and before the COVID stuff. So it was mm. cool, man. It was cool. I'm not a, I'm not a cold person, but the one time I wanted to go to Alaska is when, like, during that period where, like, everything's dark for, like, a month. Like, yeah. I just think that'd be cool as hell. Yeah, I think it would be, be too. Cool I've, I've never been there. No? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm only there You're when it's there nice. When the sun's out for fucking... Yeah, for fucking ever, dude. Yeah. It's so bizarre because it, too, the thing is, too, uh, bars don't close in Alaska. Uh, they only have to be legally closed for two hours. So on, on top of it, like, you know, during like June, July time, it's fucking daylight all the time. You know, the sun will go down over the mountains, but it's still like bright. It still looks you like... You still got like the sunset effect and everything. Yeah, pretty much, man. So like you still have all of that going on. So you're just sitting at the bar, drinking and drinking and drinking. No concept and then, of time. <laughs> no, not at all. You're just hanging out with everyone, drinking, and then you're like, well, shit, I'm getting pretty drunk. It's time to go back. And then you like walk out and it's like fucking four in the morning. And oh, it looks I like, need a drink for this. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. And it's like really too, it's really weird too, because especially like uh, first being up there when you're not used to it, like as far as work-wise, dude, There, I can't tell you that amount of times my first year i would wake up at three or four in the morning going fuck i'm late because <laughs> it's like it <laughs> looks, the sun's up yeah it looks yeah. like it's a normal day outside so and i'm like oh shit 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 i gotta oh wait now it's four in the morning oh shit i got a lot of time <laughs> <laughs> so you go up there you're not familiar with that area and you're a tour guide for that area can you talk a little bit about learning <laughs> learning that area and and learning learning the job yeah so luckily enough uh my manager who uh, worked up there uh, had worked up there for a little bit and it's kind of a job where uh, prior guides used to pass down a lot of knowledge and stuff like that uh, they'd collect a lot of resources from the area they'd go through books they'd go through locals they'd go through all this stuff and there's actually a 
couple binders worth of information of really solid background about a lot of the area, like all the local plants, the trees, uh, some of the history and stuff that's just kind of been collected through time. So between that and my manager just like working there and gaining her own stuff, they give us a lot of information about the area. So that way, like before everyone starts coming on, like we can do research and they can kind of point us in directions to kind of go learn a bit more about the area as well, too. And what's cool about that job is since there's so many different parts, because like the whole tour in itself is six hours. So it's an hour long boat ride. It's, uh, you know, a little bit of walking, a little bit of hiking, a little bit of canoeing, blah, blah, blah. And then so there's just a lot of different parts that you can choose to like get interested in. Like some people are really into like all the rocks and stuff like that. So they get into that. Or like some people are really into the ocean life out there. So they get to learn about a lot of the mamma, sea mammals and birds and all that kind of stuff and then you know others are into the floral stuff out there so a lot of people like you get a brief little knowledge about kind of everything and then you can really dive deep into more that kind of like fits your interest too because like uh my thing was the glacier i really liked the glacial kind of side of things i liked the way they were formed i liked the way they carved the environment i liked how the progression of um plants would come in succession of it retreating and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so uh, admittedly, like as far as like stereotypes go, something that, that, that I find very, very interesting right now is like to anybody else, it seems like you'd come off as like the dumb surfer guy, you know. That's whatever. that's my shtick. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, but what's awesome is like what's awesome is like like talking to you and like you know your stuff, you know you, you go through processes that people wouldn't normally think you go through. Yeah, and that's how that's how I make the money. So, because <laughs> So with that, with all that being said, like, has there ever been a time where like you're doing some guiding or anything and just bullshitted your way through something from time to time? Yeah, because some people ask like really particular questions about something like really specific, like sure. um, especially the rocks uh, on out on the Delta out where the glacier is. There's like a million and one different rocks out there and they're all uh it, there i just i i don't know it's never interested me enough to like learn and right I, you don't and, know which walk is which yeah and, and like uh so in some of those binders it'll give us a list of what types of rocks are out there but there's no pictures and even if there was pictures <laughs> they're black and white all the pages no, because they're, better. they're yeah they're all like photocopied pictures so it's like I couldn't even fucking tell you, you know, pick them up. You go get them identified. Yeah. Right. So, uh, usually I bullshit with like the rocks and stuff like that, but like a lot of other things I can usually skate through pretty well with, um, pretty solid information because like, it's really fun learning when I'm out there and the more knowledge I can give someone the better because it's like, it makes for a better experience for them. I want to give them like, half entertainment and half knowledge because fucking especially with the alaskan cruises these people are just getting piped with information all day every day there's always so much to learn there's so much history blah 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 so at some point these people are fucking sick and tired of hearing the same damn thing so then you know i gotta you gotta mix the between the two you know i try to like have a lot more fun and then when people want to get serious i'm like okay man time for me to go (laughs) (laughs) was alaska your first time outside the the continental u.s I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I've been down to Mexico a few times. I, growing up, I used to go to an orphanage down there because uh, I used to go to a Christian school growing up. And so uh, the Bible teacher there, his sister ran a orphanage. So I used to go down there, like, quite a bit and uh, hang out down there. So, I mean, other than that, then, yeah, it was definitely, like, the first time, like, way out somewhere. <laughs> so I know that we've talked about, off the podcast, we talked about 
Southeast Asia, other places you've been, what what brought you to those areas? Uh, so the first ones, yeah, the first ones that I did was the uh, Vietnam, Thailand, and Japan. And honestly, dude, I just went there because like everyone that I was working with and around were talking about it. They're just like, <laughs> everyone's like, yeah, dude, go there. Or I've been there and like all this kind of stuff. So I was just like, well, shit, if these kids are doing it, I could fucking do it. Like, <laughs> it, was it, was it similar to Alaska where you had employment in those areas? Oh, no. Or you just kind uh, so, of backpacking through those, yeah, dude, those countries? So, yeah. So I, I'd always heard that it was super cheap to go out there and like backpack for a long time. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I literally just like bought a ticket to Saigon and then left. Like I no research, no nothing. I just literally showed up in Vietnam and was like, all right, I'm in Vietnam. It's like, let's do the thing. <laughs> so, I know, I know Thailand's super cheap to be a tourist and like you could, from what I've heard, you could live like a king for like a hundred bucks, like a like a week. Yeah, it'd just be totally cool. Yeah. How uh, how different is that to like say Japan or something? So Japan's definitely a lot more expensive sure. than Southeast Asia for sure. It's definitely you know a, a more advanced country, so things are just kind of more uh, expensive, and their their yen goes further than like uh, the bot or the dong. So. Um, yeah, the the power of the dollar goes way farther in Southeast Asia than it does in Japan. So okay. it's I think it, at the time it was like a dollar ten for every yen. So yeah. it's something like or, I'm sorry, a hundred yen was a dollar. So, so something like that, you know. So uh, it was definitely a lot more expensive to be in Japan, and I was super broke by the time I got there. That was just kind of on the whim, last minute thing, and so I was just like, I've always wanted to go, and I'm like right here. So, <laughs> what's been your favorite overseas? Viet vacation. Vietnam, one hundred and ten thousand percent, dude. I love Vietnam, dude. It is a beautiful country. Everyone there is really courteous kind and just like they get better the more north you go man it's just they got wonderful culture beautiful scenery uh, and just there's so much to do there the food's amazing oh dude i loved it because I, I went I, I basically did all of vietnam too i went you know started in the south and just kind of like through word of mouth from people and places to go i'd figure out like where to go and oh, how that's to get the best to, way yeah dude because like like i said i had zero plans knew nothing about the country i just literally showed up there and so like i was just kind of piecing it along as i started going so it was like really cool and uh, ended up being really awesome how are you getting around Vietnam? Is it hitchhiking? Is it? Uh, so they were sleeper buses. Is the most okay. of the way that I took. So most of the hostels they had uh, would call up the bus system, and they would get the ticket for you, and then you would just kind of show up at the bus stop, and then they take your ticket and you go. So the sleeper buses were interesting because they're like it's kind of like a lounge like chair that you kind of sit back and lay on because most of these bus rides were eight to fourteen hours. So they'd mostly go overnight and you just sleep in there and then the next morning you'd show up in wherever you were. So it'd save you um, like a hostel stay and then you're just in a new place to get to go see the next day. So That's awesome. So do they have like a hostel network there? Like you get in the bus and they know that you're do they are they expecting you to come there for the ne like the next place or uh like you can make reservations and stuff so like there's the app hostel world that a, okay. a lot of these places go through so um you could just like a lot of people would book their hostels beforehand and whatnot but um my first bus ride I'm um I met three girls on there because I got off at the wrong bus stop 
and the bus driver was like, no, 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 get back on the bus. And then I was like, well, now I literally don't know where I'm at. So, <laughs> so I literally leaned over and I was like, yo, you guys are going somewhere. You guys are going to Delight? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, cool, man. All right. Uh, can I hang out with you guys? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so everywhere I go, I had to make it a point. I never booked my hostel beforehand. I just, if I wasn't already traveling with someone to somewhere, I try to meet people on the bus and then like show up at whatever hostel they were going at. And usually like people had availability too. It was never really an issue. Have you ever had any like um, scary moments, like con- like something concerning or just like, oh shit. Like, no, never, never too much. Like I was, it was the sleeper buses always kind of tricked me out a little bit because they do a lot of business too while they're driving around. Mm-hmm. So they're bringing cargo with them. So they're constantly making stops and getting things in and out. So I was just like, you know, first time traveling, I'm like, man, I hope they don't fuck with my shit and my shit just disappears on me. But no, no problems with that. And then I was in, oh man, I forgot, uh, I forget what the town is, but there's an abandoned water park there. So I had to sneak in because I didn't want to pay off the guards to let me in. So <laughs> that was kind of fun trying to like sneak into this abandoned water park somewhere in Vietnam. <laughs> Way. that I actually sounds really way. cool oh dude like, it was yeah. really awesome like i just i found a random place to park and then i got off a scooter that i rented and i was walking around this whole entire place and i was just like there's got to be a way in here man and i found a gate that had an opening i uh, just squeezed on through and then i got in so it was super oh, sick that sounds awesome. <laughs> so is there like any other places like that that you found while you've been traveling like the the abandoned buildings that have all kinds of crazy shit in them or the abandoned theme park or anything like that not too much because that place in particular was like really well known for that spot Mm. um that was a very popular destination in hue so everywhere else i've just kind of uh usually i end up like walking around i don't ever really take public transportation once i'm somewhere Mm -hmm. because i like walking around seeing what's around and you know i'm kind of looking for those like oddball places that you wouldn't normally find if you were just like taking the subway or things like right right because you have to kind of be off the beaten path yeah yeah so um you haven't really stumbled upon anything too crazy like that one but you know fingers crossed i'm always looking (laughs) (laughs) how long did you spend in southeast asia so i was a month in vietnam a month in thailand and then eight days in japan so i mean the first two were about uh like a little over two thousand dollars for each month that i stayed there so two grand two grand and then fuck my tickets from pan were like a thousand dollars it was like 300 to fly in i'm like sick and then my <laughs> flight out was 800 i'm like oh shit <laughs> you can check in but you can't check out <laughs> so are you saving money for this entire trip and, and you have this all planned out or are you making money in vietnam or how, how does this all work so i make it all in alaska so uh since for the most part i live off grid when i'm up there and so my my company doesn't charge me uh, a housing fee so i get to stack basically all my paychecks and then i pay for everything which is just food and a lot a lot of beer. <laughs> uh, so I pay all that with tips. So basically, I'm stacking paychecks the whole time I'm working. So you're the company up in Alaska. Do they provide the boarding and housing for you while you're up there? Yeah. So okay. um, there's 
the cabins that I live in are nothing more than like plywood, basically, with some damper paper in them. So there's no running water, <laughs> no electricity in those. And then when I'm in town, they converted half a warehouse into like a college dorm style living where it's like they made all these different rooms with some bunk beds and shit. So it's like they got some stuff okay. in there so i you know i can cook i can clean myself i can do that kind of stuff and i'll have it at a place in town too when i'm in town so yep they provide all of that which is really nice cool on them so yeah so yeah so i just basically stack all the paychecks and then i'm super good at budgeting you know i you know i set money amounts to what i can do and um i really just try to make it work because i mean the best example was this after the second year i had about uh 20 grand after I left Alaska. So I bought a car, hit the road for two months, spent two months in Europe, and then I was going to go to uh, the Middle East for a few weeks. And it was all planned. And especially on the drive, when I was doing the two months in the States, I had a piece of paper, it was just a printer paper, and I was like, this is the gas amount that I have, and this is the other random spending money I can have. And I literally wrote down every single transaction on that white piece of paper, <laughs> like keeping track of everything going like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. All right. Tonight I'm going to go sit at a bar for extra long. You know? <laughs> Before we started recording, we had talked a little bit about like sushi. Right. And we talked about how I had fears of like raw fish and um, kind of expanding my, my tastes when you go to those countries and you're at the mercy of, of local cooks, local chefs, their cuisine, um, is there some, some trepidation there or are you, are you diving head in head first? You know, they're just people, man. If they ain't getting sick, I ain't getting sick. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the things that you ate, let's say in Southeast Asia that you, uh, so I tried chicken feet, chicken feet was an interesting one. Cause like, there's fucking nothing on chicken feet. Right. I don't even know what the hell to eat <laughs> off of that. The I, yeah, I tried really hard to eat it. I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So <laughs> that one went to the wayside. And then I tried pig intestines too while I was over there. And that one, gross. Really? Yeah, no, I, I, it I, sounds I like it'd be gross. Yeah. There was something about it that was just not very good. It didn't smell good. It didn't taste good. Well, and I tried so hard to eat tube. all that shit, but I, just, I couldn't, dude. Couldn't yeah, do you think it. it's the intestine in the intestine that might... You know, <laughs> do you think it's all of it? It sounds terrible. Yeah. yeah. But that's why I picked it. I'm like, this is the funniest sounding thing I've had yet. Like, I got to try this. <laughs> so you... The most recent trip was the Appalachian Trail? Yeah. Yeah, that's the most recent. So how was that similar or different than other places you've been because i know it was mostly mostly just walking mostly camping not a whole lot of amenities can you speak to to that i mean so there is a lot of walking a lot of hiking all that stuff uh with the appalachian trail itself uh so there's the big three in america it's, it's called the triple crown there's the appalachian trail there's Pacific Crest Trail, and then the Continental Divide Trail. So the Appalachian Trail is by far the hardest to walk, but it's the easiest to just live because okay. there is fucking towns every other day out there. Mm -hmm. So at every time that you wanted to get in, get a shower, get somewhere to stay warm and cozy, and then maybe go drinking and hanging out, uh, it was there so and ready for you. So um, 
So it wasn't too bad as far as like, man, I'm really out here rugging it. And like, there's so many times where I could just like hear a car every time I was walking too. There wasn't a whole lot of places that was like, oh fuck, I'm like out here, out here, you know, but it's, um, it's definitely a whole lot different. My, uh, you know, you got to change up your diet when you're walking for five months and Oh God, I ate nothing but garbage. It's all processed garbage. It's all so bad. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I just, I tried to like, uh, I wanted to not do any hostels or anything like that because I was like, I've done that doing the traveling shit. I don't need mm-hmm. to stay at hostels. I don't need to do any of this, but, uh, you know, girl changes that up. So, <laughs> so what do you, what do you take with you when you, when you start that how long was it, first and foremost? Uh, it was four months months. and 25 days is okay. how long it took me. I left. I started March 30th, and then I ended August 25th. So gotcha. I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary starting here soon, and it's, okay. uh, I'm, I'm reminiscing a lot. <laughs> so what do you – how do you plan for that trip? What I, do you take with you? Fuck. I, I literally – I did that one. I was sitting at, down at base shop downtown mm-hmm. uh, uh, three weeks before I went on trail and I was talking to a buddy and he's like, you should do this. And I'm like, okay, sure. I'll give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> so no planning went into this at all. Hell no, no. I, that's the way I roll, man. <laughs> so when you go to places like the Appalachian trail or wherever, like when you're hiking through the United States, do you tend to avoid like the tourist type of shit or do you actually go and check it out? Um, I think it kind of depends because uh, like I do usually when I'm going around, I do a lot of national parks. Mm-hmm. So like that, so the ma- whole thing is a tourist thing. Yeah. But you know, I try to do some of the longer trails when I'm out there, you know, I might not go camping on the trails. I might like, I usually sleep in my car, but, um, uh, for the most part, I do like the longer ones. So that way there's less people out there because like at the prime locations, there's a shit ton of people, right? You, you go five miles into somewhere, way less people. So, yeah. <laughs> so that way after that, like that five mile mark, everything is just peaceful and you get to actually enjoy a lot more when you're doing that kind of stuff. But, uh, I did stop in, uh, oh, uh, Gatlinburg. That's the name down in Tennessee out, outside of the Smokies. And my God, what a fucking place that is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even really explain it. It's a big giant tourist trap. It's got all the like, you know, uh, what's the w- one place with the hats that they insult you? Uh, God. Oh, it's no a restaurant, one... right? Yeah, it's a restaurant. You know what I'm oh, talking oh, about? Oh, uh, it starts with a D. Yeah, it's something with a like D. Dave's or something like that. Or I, I know I'm thinking Dave and Buster's, but it's no. Just, I know <laughs> I know it's not Dave and Buster's, but I know what it. Oh oh oh! Yeah. It's um. I know you got it. D- uh, Dickovich or something. Oh, like that? Dick's Dick's Last Resort. That's yes, what it is. Yeah, 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 that's what it is. Okay, yeah. So they got a Dick's. They got like. Uh, the, uh, and I don't know. A lot of touristy stuff is in that town, but it's also in the south. So oh, it's. It's a tourist trap. So the insults are real. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting place. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I very much enjoyed people watching there. Because especially, no, sure. I'd never really been to that side of the country before. I'd never been south. I've hardly really been in the East Coast. So that whole thing was a whole people watching. When I got up to New York and New Jersey and I started hearing the accents, I'm like, oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm the one with the accent normally, man. So this is great. So. You started in the south in what state? Georgia. It's and it goes all the way to Maine. Maine. Yep. Okay. 2,193.1 miles. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, with 
with a lot of what you're saying about like traveling at Appalachia and stuff, and we just had the conversation earlier about like you not reading a lot of books. Uh, it's sounding a lot like uh, the book Into the Wild. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that book or seen the movie. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Well, that book doesn't end happy, and, though. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and I but, it, but it does sound similar. It's very, yeah, it's very much like in the spirit of like traveling and just being out there, being someone of more of the world than of like a society almost. Yeah. And you know, that dude's an idiot first and foremost. Yeah. Like he was very, very uneducated and really didn't know what he was doing. And the fact that he was so close to civilization and died, he's just a dummy. But the spirit of what he was doing is really great. And that's something that I really do enjoy because like, I'm just very simplistic. There's a lot of joy in just like, being somewhere and looking at like a beautiful sunset there's a joy of waking up in a cold crisp morning and putting on something warm and just like eating something shitty like you know, like a honey bun with peanut butter on it <laughs> followed up by yeah. a pop tart <laughs> like uh, there's and there's there's so much beauty and so much um so much joy that comes from something so simplistic um of just like not having things and just really enjoying the little stuff, man. And that's really what's kind of been the big drive for like doing this kind of stuff. The more I keep doing it, the more it just hits that I just, I don't need stuff. I don't need things. Just the interactions with people that I have, the places that I can see, just this being a human is really like what I boil it down to because sure. like, yeah, just traveling, seeing, experiencing, and talking. It's just like what humans were designed to do, you know, all back to our primitive states, you know? So I think that is like, really where the joy of all that comes from it's and it's great dude i love it i love it love it (laughs) when you start on the trail in georgia you didn't specifically go with anyone did you oh no i went alone so then when you i'm sure a lot of people are are traveling the trail hiking the trail do you (laughs) do you meet up with people are you like hey we're starting the same time we're or we're meeting up these are the homies for the next few months or how does that all work out so um like the very first day i hiked to some shelter and i met people there and this was like you know the first time since covid that i had like gotten to go out and like talk to people so I made it a big point to like, just like talk to everybody. I'm like, what's up? What's up? What's up? How you guys doing? Yo, isn't it cool? We're all outside and we're all talking to each other. That's great. <laughs> so you were the psycho. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. So I just like took advantage of the fact that like, we're all out there. We're all doing the same thing. I met a big group of people of all like that. Some had friends with them. Some didn't, but all of us that were there that first day, we all like clicked and so we're like, yo, let's all hang out. So for the next only like three days, I hung out with them. And then I'm like, you guys are moving too slow. I don't want to go faster. So sayonara. So, you know, at that point we were doing eight miles for those first four days just to kind of like warm up the legs. And like, you know, especially I'd never done like this series of backpacking before. So I'm like, I need to go slow, kind of build things up so I don't like kill myself. Then day five, I'm like, yeah, dude, I fucking got this and hiked 19 miles. And then I was I was limping, limping <laughs> and hurting and everything sucked for the next like week and a half. But basically there's always somebody somewhere and you meet up with them, you talk with them. And if you guys are cool and you're chilling, you're just like, you stay with them as long as they're doing the same pace as you. Basically, you know, some want to just slow down. Some want to go faster. You just end up really like your true tramley comes like 
way up the trail because that's the people that you're just constantly running into all the time, you know, because you guys are going basically the same pace. So it's cool. So what are you what are you backpacking? What are you what are you taking with you? Uh, not a whole lot. So it's just like very minimal clothes. I had one shirt. Yeah, I started with one shirt, uh, a puffy, two pairs of underwear, two pairs of socks, one pair of shorts. Uh, I had a long underwear too, in case it got cold. Um, and just like other random stuff, you know, like a sleeping pad, general hygiene, tent. Stuff yeah, yeah. The, all the typical other stuff. And, um, you start more than what you end with for sure because like especially for someone like me that had not done something so serious like that before um i brought a little extra and then so as time goes on and you're kind of learning what you need you just start to lose it all and you start dropping things out of your pack and you start making it lighter and then you're basically going as light as you can after a certain point like at one point dude i traded uh i brought a 20 degree bag and i swapped it out in pennsylvania for a sheet from walmart because it was really hot yeah. and i'm like this bag is really fucking hot and then sure as shit like three weeks later it got super cold and then stayed cold for a long time and then like i didn't sleep a lot of nights with that stupid sheet but when it was really hot good lord that was great <laughs> i ended up getting the bag back though because right before i did the whites up in new hampshire and i, I needed the bag back so <laughs> and you ran that... into the same guy again or oh no so like i would mail it home so like uh, so my bag, I sent that home. Oh, okay. Yeah, I sent it home. Like, you go to a post office, you put it in a box, send it, and then um, I sent it to my dad, and then so I was like, yo, please send me that back. I need that back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he sent it to another post office, oh, no, at a hostel right before the Whites, like, literally, like, a few miles right before the big mountains up that way, so. Have you met anybody that you... Like enjoyed being around and just kind of lost contact with and just would love to reconnect or is it just like really no attachment to people it's just like hey we're here we're together that's cool we're out i'd say through all of my travels i definitely build a lot of great relationships with people during the time i think myself i'm really bad with like keeping up with people sure. so it's like i was, Time goes on, you know, in the first part of like, maybe like, the, depending on what it is, like, especially the trail people that I hiked with, for the most part, the ones that I really stuck around the most, we all still like, there's a group chat that we're all still texting in, and stuff like that. So, but like, and I got one buddy from there that I hit up individually. Oh, and Angela. Love that girl. <laughs> um, Who's Angela? Uh, my my little trail <laughs> sweetie uh, so, someone that i fucked up something really great with so <laughs> um but um so yeah there's a lot of people that i build really good connections with but it just gets hard to always keep up with them sure. at the time because you know most of them are in all different places that i might not go to again or might not have been to or all those kind of things. So it just kind of like fades out, but you're always like super good friends. It's always like, if I were to hit any of them up, they would all be excited. I would be excited. I could go see them. They always know they can see me kind of thing. That's so interesting to me considering like in your position doing all of this, it it's so drastically different than say any of our lives just because we stay in one place and you're, you're out everywhere. So like for me, for example, I 
there are people I'd love to stay in contact with, and I just don't. And I, I have the ability, like the accessibility of reconnecting with someone is so easy and mm-hmm. so available. It's just for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen. But with you, it's it's amazing to see how you stay connected so much more easier almost kind of because like i said like it's really like the connection is like we both know that we are still on the same page of being cool because it's not like i'm hitting these people up all the time sure you know especially all the people that like asia and europe i don't talk to like any of them anymore there's no one that i talk to on a consistent basis or even monthly yearly basis uh one of the girls that i met in that bus ride that one of the three of them actually hit me up like a month ago month and a half ago or so uh just out of nowhere so i was like super stoked i'm like yo abby what's good dude she's (laughs) like what's good zach what's going on so that was really exciting and that was really cool and you know uh so that's really kind of what it is and it's really difficult too, man, because like, so it's cool that I have all these friends that are all over, but I have none of them that are with me. So that's where the give and take is with that one. It's really awesome to be able to have and say that I have all these amazing people in my life that, you know, in some form they're there, but they're not physically with me and they never are. So I never really have any good homies that I'm with all the time. And that's difficult because it would be nice to just like, yeah, you know, I was in Denver before I came here, and they there was like a group of like eight people going out and celebrating a homie's birthday. They were all excited. The bartender that was working, they knew her, and they were all just having a great time. And I'm just sitting there at the end of the bar drinking. I'm like, oh, well, that would be fun. I would love to have the homies here to like go do something with, you know? Sure. So it's like the give and trade of like bouncing around all the time it's cool to have all the friends but none of the friends are with me so it's that's difficult (laughs) i was gonna ask a question i don't remember what (laughs) i really don't just looked at your face and i was like well uh, that's gone (laughs) okay i got another one because I, i was thinking about this the entire time um one of my we were having this conversation about like the circle show. On oh Netflix. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my big question for you was supposed to be: if you if you were to get on that show, would you be yourself or would you be somebody else? All right. So if I was going to get on the circle, I would hundred percent be myself because I think I would do an awful job at trying to play somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I could do like. Some kind of hot chick persona. I think I can maybe play that off. <laughs> See, that, <laughs> like, doesn't su- I, that doesn't surprise me either. Like, you very much seem like you couldn't play as anybody else. But with everything you're telling us, I, I'm so fascinated. I'm just sitting there like, there's no way this dude is real. <laughs> you know? I know, yeah. I'm a bit of an oddball. Like, So, like, being behind a screen and solely commuting through social media, it would be a little tricky just because it would kind of come off as like, yo, this dude is really trying hard to play this. <laughs> right. But I'm just like, dude, I fit the persona so hard. I'm like, I fucking, oh, God. <laughs> gets to me I, all the time that I'm like, I really am a fucking, like, California, and I look and I sound and I do, and I'm like... <laughs> there were, there's the two people in my life that I've met that are unlike anyone I've ever met, and I met them both at Willis, and it was you 
and it was Mike Weaver. Like two Mike people Weaver. I've never, like, I've never met anyone like Mike Weaver. <laughs> and so it's just funny to meet you both in like the same like three month period, right? <laughs> you were only there for three months. No, 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 no. Oh, I, I was like, gonna say, <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, <laughs> that was quick. No, I met. Uh, I met you in, I think you started... October. Yeah. And then I stayed till about... No. Fuck, how long? I thought I was only there three months. Maybe it was December. I'm thinking of Reno. I started my Reno job in October. So I started in December. Yeah, December to March. March. When you would have left. Yep, yep, yep. So I met you in December and then I met Mikey in January when he started. Like a month after you. So in that same like month or two month period, I met both of you. Which was just interesting that like... Just completely different ends of the spectrum, but two people that I, I can't compare anyone else to. Like, just... Well, I feel honored. Yeah, yeah you should. You should. And it, it is funny that, yeah, to, especially a place like that, man, I, mean, it's, I feel like the car industry is not the pace to be like meeting people like that, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely not. That's why I didn't last at all. We talked about that a little bit on like uh, some bonus audio that we, we put up because put your podcast on Spotify or Google or Apple, whatever, like you have to have some audio. And so we weren't recording actual episodes until this weekend, but we wanted to get everything in place. And so we talked about that, how like my personality just did not work for, you have to kind of be like a little bit of a dick, kind of aggressive to sell cars. And it's just not, yeah. It just wasn't me at all. I love it. I mean, I loved everyone I met there, but like it was yeah, just not. There is a lot of cool people there, but I do feel that, yeah, you really got to be kind of pushy to be like selling cars, especially yeah. too. Especially I, in like today's it was, market. It was really funny too, just like working there because like, you know, I walked in, my hair was like down below my nipples, like way the hell down here. And like, so I walked in and was like, yo, let's go. What's <laughs> up guys? And they're like, yo, you need to tie that hair up. We're in a professional environment. <laughs> Yeah, and like, I don't know. Everyone was like, uh, yeah, kind of. They were cool, hundred percent. But I could definitely tell. I'm like, yeah, you guys are just like, I I can't really talk about the things I want to talk about here, right. <laughs> except for the pre uh, pre owned guys. I love the pre owned guys, dude. I would talk about all the shit I would do <laughs> with fucking Steve, dude. <laughs> pre owned guys. Uh, guys are wild. Oh, I love the pre owned dudes. All of so them are great. You worked at. A car dealership here in the Des Moines area, um, much like your Alaska job, are you working those jobs in between travels just to save up money? Is that primarily kind of how your system works? Uh, well, the Willis one was different because this that was uh, post-COVID. So, mm -hmm. like, uh, I just had started doing the tour guiding stuff like two years prior to COVID. And so... Um, I would have been in New Zealand had I not messed up my visa. But um, so the COVID happened. I was actually in Paris when I got the call that Trump was closing down the border. Uh, I was in Italy when Italy was the hot spot. Um, so like COVID was getting wild over there. And then, um, yeah, so I came back and I my car was at my grandma's. And then I just ended up staying there just because of like what was going on. Because I'm like, you know, I'm with her. I don't got anywhere to go right now. So I'm just going to stay. So I, I stayed there for six months just like hanging out. I built a PC because I was bored. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, because literally, dude, I only left the house to go get groceries. I, I tried to get a job for a little bit just because I was like, I need to be doing something. I'm going fucking insane. And um, 
I couldn't end up finding one. I got one at like a dollar a tree and I got all the paperwork and stuff filled out online and then like never heard anything from anyone. So I'm like, oh, whatever. So I don't want to work that stupid job anyways. (laughs) And then uh, so uh, I actually flew out here because my grandma's like, you need to get out of the house. You're going insane. And uh, when I came out here, you know, the family that I always stay with, they're like, yeah, dude, just come out here. Everything's fine. Like, they had a big party at their house, and I'm, like, hiding in the basement because I'm like, I'm going to get my grandma sick. And, like, this is, like, very not California. California was, like, super locked down, super, super locked down when all that was going on. So to, like, come here and see all that, that was wild. And then, um, so, yeah, they, they offered me up a spot, and I was like, sure. So I just went to Willis just to, like, do something because I was just, like, at a very distraught state (laughs) doing all this stuff. And then I'd slammed right down in front of my face and like, I couldn't do anything. So it was really bizarre. Was the Appalachian trail very similar to Southeast Asia in that, you know, you didn't, you didn't really plan for it. You met someone and they were like, yeah, you should do this. But at the same time, like financially, were you like, I've worked here long enough to where I've saved up enough money to do this or. Yeah. So I had saved up quite a bit of money too. And, uh, I invested in crypto like a long time ago. So I always have that in my back pocket for just in case, like I need some extra cash because, uh, I bought Ethereum when it was $95 and I put a thousand in. So it was like pretty dope. (laughs) Yeah, dude. So I made I've made quite the return on that guy. And, um, so I always have that as like a back pocket thing. So I didn't know how expensive the Appalachian Trail was going to be, but I knew I had the backup just in case. Sure. So, um, so yeah, I just was like, sure, let's fucking let's give it a go. And plus, uh, there was that stimulus. The third stimulus came through, which was like enough for me to buy all the shit that I needed to. Oh yeah. And then still have the extra cash to like go do it, you know. So nice. Yeah. You can do it, Austin. I, I believe in question. you. I can't remember what it was. Um, Are my looks daunting you? It is. Yeah. No, we were talking about we were talking about having you on. And I was like, it doesn't always have to be like about the travels. It can be about like you know, what's your favorite food or like, Anything, yeah. what's what your you, favorite TV show? Like, you do you want to be my me? boyfriend? Like, you know, uh, um, my favorite food is that dick. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. 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 I took one look at you and I was like, yep. No, no. But, um, yeah, dude, favorite food. Let's go. Oh, fuck. I'm going to say, mm, cow soy. It's a Northern Thai dish. That shit is super flame. Uh, what's the next question? Wait, what is that? Explain what that is. <laughs> oh, dude, you I can't, can't just you can't, can't just say like, oh, hey, this thing fire. no one's ever heard of. It and it's on the super fire. Yeah, dude. It's, so it's like uh, it's in the family of like curry. So you know that you got your yellow, okay. your red, your masaman, shit like that. But it's like made with uh, coconut milk and coconut. Uh, what's the something else? Uh, what else do you coconut oil coconut no, water no. so like a sweeter curry or yeah it's kind of it's kind of like a sweeter one and they put a, a drumstick in it and they put like crunchy shit in it and it's like oh dude it's so good and they put a red curry paste in but um yeah i don't i don't really know how to explain it because like i only got it when i was in northern thailand and the only other place i've ever found it is the one thai restaurant in skagway alaska Population a thousand. <laughs> There's a Thai restaurant, yeah, dude. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> and they do cow soy up there, so that's sick. Uh, oh, I do know what I was going to ask you. So you had talked about messing up your visa, which um, prevented you to go from going to New Zealand. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that visa process? Because I think, like, I've never left the country, but I know my my fiance has, and she talks about how you know you got to start get a passport now and all of that, and and that's for like 
maybe the week that we spend in Mexico for our honeymoon. Yeah. What is the visa process for someone who's spending months abroad? So it depends on um, any place you go to. So like Europe, get in, you stay for like uh, three to six months, something like that. Vietnam, you need to pay for a visa before you get there. And as long as you've paid for it, then you're good to go. Thailand and Japan, just show up. You're good to go. Um, but with New Zealand, uh, so I was going to apply for something called the work holiday visa, which is a sp- specific to U.S. citizens that are 30 and under. So you can apply for this work holiday visa to show up there saying, I have the intent to be there in holiday for a year, but I also want to work. So you just uh, basically pay the fee and do it and you get it. But I'm a dummy and didn't realize that. <laughs> so and I, prog- I procrastinate like all these other stories. You know, everything's like, ah, I just bought a ticket and showed up in Vietnam. Ah, three weeks before I started this five-month trip, I just was like, ah, fuck it, I'll go. <laughs> you know? So is there a lot of research that you have to do before you travel to to these countries? Or I know that you had mentioned that you have, uh, you know, travel agencies in your family. Did they help you out with that? Or how do you research what individual things I just, are needed for those countries. I just Google. I'm like, do you need a visa to go to this country? And they're like, no. <laughs> or, or they say yes. And then you, it'll tell you the process to get them. Gotcha. So like, uh, that's the one that's like the research that I do is do I need a visa? And I know like Wikipedia has got like a big list of like US passport. They probably got it for all the passports for every country. But you know, for US specifically, it'll tell you each and every country. It's like, do you need a visa? Do you need a visa? Do you need a visa? So you can kind of like do shit like that. I know on your Instagram, uh, a few months back anyway, you were in Washington, D.C. Oh, hell we yeah. We talked about, a little bit about like the actual touristy shit. Like, is that as interesting to you as the other, you know, being out in nature, being out outside and, and traveling? Is that stuff interest you as much as, say, national parks, the Grand Canyon, going to Vietnam? I think it's still fun. I don't think it like hits the same quite as much. Um, that one is like, eh, you know, I went out there for Angela. I went to go see her and spend some time with her. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's really why I was out there. Um, so the touristy stuff I did, cause I was like, ah, oh, yeah, fuck, I was here in eighth grade. I haven't been here since. <laughs> like, you know, everyone does that like eighth grade field trip out to DC to go see shit. So I was like, dude, yeah, let's go do some tacky things, man. I'm super about it. <laughs> sure. I think in eighth grade, I went to like the Des Moines Zoo. For our, our <laughs> we never went to Washington D.C. <laughs> That's funny. I always moved around too much when I was a kid to go to do stuff like that. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did Where did you grow up? Well, mostly in Des Moines, but then when I was like eight, my mom kidnapped us and moved us to Council Bluffs, then Kansas City, then Orlando, then. Tell me all about this now. <laughs> it ain't much to tell. I was a kid. I went to a bunch of different schools. I uh, didn't get to participate in any programs because we weren't going to be there long enough to participate in them. So, what? It's just a lot of moving. It's wild. Not as cool as his moving around, though. <laughs> That's wild. I mean, to be, I, I, mean, I grew up. I grew up from birth to <laughs> when I graduated high school and moved off to college. I lived in the same. I mean, I lived in the same house. Let alone, I mean, the same town. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do got to say, it's always really funny hitting people with the, yeah, I'm from California and then I moved to Iowa. Literally the first thing out of every single person's mouth. Yeah. 
What why? the heck? Yeah, why? What the hell are you doing here? Cost of living, baby. See? Yeah, cost of living, good jobs, great people. My God. <laughs> See, my, my childhood was a lot like every two to three years, uh, we'd move somewhere else. So it'd be like Iowa to Nebraska to Missouri, you know, back and forth. And then um, I think the real big change was we moved from, I want to say Rogersville, Missouri, which is not too far off from Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. And I was just in Springfield. Yeah. So we um we moved up to Washington State. I lived in Mount Vernon for a while and then we moved to another house in Mount Vernon and then ended up moving back down to Iowa and there was something about Washington I love so much that that's what I consider my hometown even though like I clearly haven't spent as much time as i did like say here right so with all of that i like i know i want to go back there possibly even move back there but it's just like what you said like when i tell people oh yeah i used to live in washington now i'm here in iowa and they're like fuck are you doing here right yeah at least i have the it's... excuse i was born here yeah <laughs> right well i was born in des moines which is crazy and oh really yeah yeah, I was born in Des Moines. Um, I very vividly remember living out. Uh, in in hindsight, I, I live very close to Creston mm-hmm. uh, when I was little because we lived in this white house uh, over by um, Indianola, I think. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. So... Uh, it never dawned on me until years, years later that that's geographically speaking where it was. And then Omaha, we lived in this great apartment building, Rogersville. Like I actually Google Earth, like some places I used to live and seeing how much the area has changed mm-hmm. since then is that. insane to me. Rogersville. I remember living in a cul-de-sac looking back at it like it. The street goes further into larger developments. There's a ton of businesses around the area. And Rogersville was not a huge place yeah. at all. Mm. So. It's urban development, man. I know. And you're a little bit older than us. Like, I'm sure it's, it's the same way watching, like, Des Moines, Ankeny, Waukee, all of those areas grow as well. Like, Des Moines is weird because it's going up in some places and going to shit in others. Well, there is <laughs> that. Some, there is some that. of the places it mixes together. So, like, you'll see this brand new apartment complex that looks really nice and everything, but there's the dude on the step fucking shooting up heroin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's like Waukee. Des Moines drives me nuts right now. I can't handle Des Moines. That's like Waukee here because, like, this whole area can, what, like, a few years ago, you wouldn't even think that a U-Haul place would be here or the Mm -hmm. High V would be here because I remember that whole intersection over by uh, High V and U-Haul, like, that was just nothing. I specifically remember living in Adele at one point, driving to work to the new Walmart over in Grimes. And I'd, I'd come down that road, take a left at that intersection, and then take a right on the main road going through Grimes. And what was really funny about that was that fucking stoplight. I, I was late to work <laughs> so many times because this fucking stoplight. Yeah, one stoplight. <laughs> no joke. I've never seen anything like this, but there was a stoplight. Like, I'd pull up to the light and I'm already, like, rushing to work to try to be on time. And I'm... S- 
I'm a, I'm a stickler about uh, trying to stick to traffic laws. So like, I don't want to I don't want to turn left on a red light and then just have a cop out of nowhere, just like. See, I think that's the differences between us and you is that we worry about whether or not we're going to make it to work because of a stoplight. And you have to worry about like digging a hole to shit. And we're just different people. <laughs> we're just different people. <laughs> Which I got to say, digging a hole to shit in, great. <laughs> I was in Boy Scouts for years, man. It's not that bad. It's the fucking way to go. It's the natural way of shitting. My God, you have that little band around your anus that keeps it tight so you don't shit yourself while you're standing up. <laughs> and that shit loosens as you start to squat. That's some, some real anatomy for all you folks that don't that's know. That's why they smell squatty potties. Yeah, squatty potties, great deal. And that's why I think... Colon? There's some kind of cancer that you're more susceptible to just because of Western toilets. Because sitting the way you do isn't naturally the way that humans were meant to. Right. So it, you're actually not stretching that band well enough. So it's still resisting and you're shitting unnaturally, basically. So, that's, yeah, dude, squatting and shitting. God, I'll do it every day if I could. You, it's okay <laughs> if you laugh, babe. <laughs> this is the strongest case for creationism I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> that can't be evolution. God knew. No, God that, knew. No, that's evolution, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Monkey's been squatting and pooping forever. <laughs> so, if you were... And I know you're still young, still want to travel, I'm sure. If you were to settle down, where do you think you'd, you'd choose? That's the thing. Because at this point in my life, I'm more getting to that point now than I've ever been. I'm more. I'm not saying I'm close to it, but I'm the closest I've ever been to that yeah. point right it's now. It's on your mind a little bit more. It, much more, honestly, yeah. at this point right now. Just because with how unstable things because of this COVID stuff, mm -hmm. I, that's really what's done it. The whole COVID thing is really through my life, took a shit on it, and then I went out and did a bunch of psychedelics, and it was in the woods for a bunch of months, and I don't think I'm any better from doing that. <laughs> I think I'm probably worse. <laughs> He's going to end up being like Rambo, just out in the woods catching cobras. <laughs> I think I think COVID affected a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, it's really taken a detrimental blow to people's mental health since and, that's all started. So. And even we just went on a road trip uh, to Texas and back and you know went through Missouri and all that. And like so many of the little roadside shops and everything, they're destroyed they're just gone yeah and they run down because nobody's been there yeah yeah 100 percent, man so like all those small town businesses all the people that really rely on the, the world working normally has really like gone away by the wayside because of something like this so um it's definitely made me take a second look at kind of what I'm doing. Almost I was like thinking about like a backup plan. Yeah. So, well, I'm getting there really. So like, you know, I'm doing this Alaska thing to kind of scratch that last itch. And mainly I want to do it just because I want to end it on my own accord. I don't sure, really sure. like the idea of like some worldly event that I'm not in control of to say like, you're fucking done with this. I think that's kind of whack. So I'm not going to be, so I'll do that. Uh, maybe do the New Zealand thing. I want to go hike the PCT the next year. And then really like after that, I'm like, I'm kind of looking for a place to stay. I, Cause you know, like I was talking about the people at the bar in Denver, like having the buddies and having mm -hmm. that, like I'm, I'm missing that part of my life. And I'm really just like getting to the point where I want to do that. So as far as like finding a place to do that, I'm really not quite sure because there's just a lot of different places that I could see myself living in. Just the thought of living somewhere has always kind of scared me. So I haven't really been um, like I haven't been able to put that real good thought behind it, you know. 
But and the big thing too is like work, work and what I would do from day to day. I, that's what's going to make me happy living in a place because that's what like scared me away from here it was not only the girl, but like the work that I was doing in the place that I was at. I was just like, I, I was working for USIC, the locating company here. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know, I can go from this and be like an electrician or like work for Mid-American, do the gas. And then like, I'll just be here. Is that going to make me happy? I don't know. So I think finding a career or finding something that I can fall back on is what's going to drive me to want to be somewhere because that will open up like, okay, so I'm going to do this. So where can I do this at? You know? So, uh, for a while I was thinking about like getting a helicopter license or getting a pilot's license because I thought it'd be dope to just fly. I've always thought like being in the air is super cool. It's really yeah. pretty getting mm-hmm. a bird's eye view of the world around. Have you ever been skydiving? Or? Uh, I went once. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. My mom surprised me for my 18th birthday. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. 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 That was really dope. And so that was a lot of fun. So funny enough, I thought about working for a jumping company, like getting my pilot's license and flying for them because then i could go jump for free all the time (laughs) so that was kind of an idea doing the helicopter thing would be pretty sick because you could do like sightseeing tours you could do all kinds of different kind of work with the helicopter stuff so uh i thought that would be pretty neat and um it seems to me like if you were to pick a place to settle down it wouldn't be in the u.s like I, i feel like you'd pick something like vietnam or something like like it just seems like you'd be that kind of person that would settle down in a place that's foreign but comfortable for you yeah and it's definitely something i've thought about i've definitely thought about living outside the country uh, predominantly because i've always been like since i've been doing all this stuff i'm broke as fuck all the time like i don't own anything i don't have very much stuff like right now most everything i own like fits in my truck for the most part like i just don't really have a whole lot of stuff so uh, living in a cheaper place like Vietnam would be pretty dope or like booking it to New Zealand and living there would be dope. Like it would just, it would be cool to like uproot and live somewhere else. And the big thing is, is like, I can't afford to hurt myself <laughs> here. You know, if I hurt myself and I go to the hospital, I, I can't, I can't afford that. Like I broke my pinky toe like the other day. Uh, I, I only know that because it's very black and very blue. <laughs> yeah, you don't do shit for it anyway. I know. It to your other toe. Yep. That's what I've been doing. It's all taped up. Yeah. <laughs> my, I broke my, uh, my big toe about two years ago. I was just walking through my house at night and just happened to kick the shit out of the corner of the wall. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. And then, yeah, it turned black and blue, and I was just like, well, I got this tape. <laughs> yeah, so as far as the toe goes, you know, it's very easy to, like, just tape it up and not mind it. But it's just a check on, like, if I wanted to go to get this checked out, I can't do that. Yeah, it's expensive. I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't afford to, like, get hurt, or I can't afford to just do a lot of things here. Especially, I just finally started building credit. This truck that I got, I got it off the lease. So this is my first time ever building credit. I've never had a credit card. I've never done any of that kind of shit. So... Um, like, you know, before then I couldn't do anything, you know, here in the States, it's very expensive to like, it's either expensive or you need like good lines of credit to say that, Hey, you know, I've been paying, I can do this for Mm -hmm. years and years. And I'm like, motherfuckers, I'm fucking about to be, you know, I'm 27 right now, but I like, you do, I'll hit 30 and not have credit. What does that say? You know, (laughs) been able to do all this shit and never have a credit card. I'm financially great, (laughs) but you know, the world don't work like that. So how good you are at budgeting your own shit. They want to see proof. Yep. 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 So (laughs) we are 
a little over an hour, which is kind of how long we want to go. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to touch on? Oh, I don't know. I do. I can sit here and ramble forever. <laughs> I have all kinds of stories. And is there things. any particular story that we haven't uh, asked any questions that would lead into that? Or is there any stories that you particularly want to tell? Oh, fuck. Oh, not, no, nothing crazy. Uh, like, you know, like I told you, uh, Austin and I were talking the other day and he's like, yo, so I want like to preemptively be like, you know, I want to make sure that if you got a story and you want to tell it, like, let's, let's talk about it. I'm like, I love all my stories the same. <laughs> you like my children. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've spoken like a true dad. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, like, they're all great and they're all awesome and I can ramble on forever talking about all of them. But it's just like one of those things where it's like not one in particular sticks out because if one did, then the other one did and the yeah. other one's going to. So We'll just have to make it a goal to have them on again. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do a phone call. <laughs> or, or if you're ever back. Yeah. You'll yeah. find your way back to Des Moines eventually. I, fuck, I always come back. All these years of running around, I always come back here. So at some point, I'll be back. Absolutely. <laughs> if people want to follow your travels, um, social media, do you have a, a way to, uh, to just kind of keep in contact Zach with Zach and his pack on Instagram. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to post on there in the future. I'm really kind of getting more over social media as time goes yeah. on. It's like, it's cool and it's glorifying and it makes me look super dope. But at the same time, I'm just like, this is a lot of effort and I don't really give a fuck. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's cool for keeping up with the people that I got, but it's just like, it feels so like, oh, look at me. Look what I'm doing. Isn't it cool? <laughs> like, yeah, but people get off on that shit. That's I, my I whole know. fucking life. I know, dude. Yeah. I know I people, people really get, cool. and like, there's God. so many people that follow me and like a lot of friends Pete willis people mm-hmm. that are just like i just love seeing what you're doing like people get very invested into this kind of stuff so it's like you know half of me is like i gotta keep doing this just because like there's like 20 people that are like fuck yeah zach keep doing this i love this so i'm like all right dude, i'll do it for you guys <laughs> i mean for the people that can't travel it's like they want to live vicariously yeah. through you anyway so it's just we're all very yeah. envious yeah yeah yeah, 100%. So, you know, I started, I tried to do the blogging and try, I tried a vlogging thing. Like, I started recording some videos and I'm just like, oh God, I can't do this. Yeah, that, you that, feel self conscious. Yeah, yeah, dude. I pointed the camera at me in Europe and I was like, hey, I'm walking around in uh, Amsterdam. <laughs> Here's some stuff. And I'm like, oh God, that makes me sick. Look <laughs> so, at my big dumb face. So, do you still blog? No, no, not, not no more. So, just I, the Instagram? Yeah, just the Instagram is really where it's at. Zach and Pack, uh, Zach with an H. Cool. What is your favorite flavor? I already got it. What is it? Cookies and cream. Let's go. Cookies and cream all the way, dude. (laughs) Fuck that Rocky Road shit.